Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. to the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, and I want to read one verse there, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, and um, to give you a little setting of the scripture here, this is Simon Peter recounting before the Jerusalem council his experience with how God dealt with him to go to Cornelius' house and what exactly took place there. And he makes a statement that I want to refer to in verse 14. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So I want to use as a title here this morning, words that will save you and your house. Words that will save you and your house. Let's pray for God's anointing. We're not much without God's anointing, and we so desperately need it here in this house this morning. Why don't you stretch forth your hands and pray with me again, and let's pray sincerely for the anointing of the Lord. Jesus, we need you We desire, God, you to touch and you to help. And you, Lord, would speak to our hearts and you would talk to our souls today. I pray you would speak a message to us, Lord, not just a sermon, not just uh, us coming and hearing so many words that are put together. But, God, help us to really hear a message from heaven this morning. Let it be anointed as such. And I pray, God that you would challenge us and deal with us, strengthen us and bless us today in Jesus' name. And would you give some real praise unto the Lord here this morning. Let's give some real praise. Hallelujah. Real thanksgiving. Real worship unto God. Come on, does anybody have it down here in your heart that you want it to extend towards heaven right now? I love you, Jesus. I praise you, precious God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Words that will save you and your house. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. When I speak on this subject this morning, I'm not just referring to, though it is a very powerful thing and something that we around here at least emphasize quite often. I am not just referring, though, to the message of salvation And uh, the doctrine that we have received as a revelation, Acts 2.38 and other verses of Scripture that pertain to the new birth, a lot of times when we talk about a message that will save, that is the only message that we think of. But as I reminded you a few weeks ago when Peter got to uh, verse 39, it says, and with many other words, uh, he began to exhort them and begin to speak to them, in verse 40 rather. And so there is a lot of other things that can be recounted from the Word of God. Uh, that after we're initially saved, after we are born again, and I do believe in the essentiality uh, 
of water baptism in Jesus' name and the unfilling of the Holy Ghost. But after that, there's going to be some other words that are going to be spoken to us, that are going to guide us, that are going to direct us, that are going to help us. Uh, words that will save us from turmoil, words that will save us from hurt and despair, words that will save and strengthen our marriages, words that will bolster our faith, words that will encourage us in life's lows. And how many knows that when you uh, go through valleys and low places in your life, the Word of God has exactly what we need. Uh, to, to help us up and to strengthen us and to encourage us. I'm glad that all of church is not rebuke. I'm glad that all that takes place at church is not correction, though that is a part of it. I'm thankful for exhortation. I'm thankful for encouragement. I'm thankful for a helping hand that comes when I'm reminded of the Word of God and the strength that comes through the Word of God. Uh, because in this world, there's a lot of things that are set to bring us down. And I just want to remind you this morning that God's grace is sufficient. His power is ample. His protection is adequate. His blessings are abundant. And God's grace will never default. God's power never defaults. His His word, it's forever settled. It, it does not default. You can always depend upon it. If we can hear the Word of God, it will not only save us, but it will save our household. And this is really the primary reason why we're gathered in this room this morning, in this sanctuary that we've dedicated to God, is because we came for the express purpose of hearing the Word of God. I know we come and we worship and we we gather here and we sing songs of praise. And there's a lot of important things that, that take place. But can I tell you that perhaps the most important thing is us receiving from the Word of God. And not only receiving from the Word of God, and, and that is a tall order in itself because it's possible to hear the Word of God and not receive the Word of God. But once we receive the Word of God, we've got to act upon it. We've got to apply it to our life. We've got to allow it to become a part of us. Can I just say to you this morning, there's a lot of reasons that I go to church. I come to, first of all, have an encounter with God. Amen. How many wants an encounter with God? I, I walk into church and I plan from the time that I come here that I'm going to feel God. I'm going to receive something from God. I'm, I'm going to get into the presence of God. I'm going to experience God. I plan before I ever enter this building that I, I'm coming today to worship God. I'm coming to exercise faith and I'm coming to receive from the Word of God. I'm believing that God is able to save somebody today. I come believing when I walked in this room, I come believing that God is able to lift somebody up and renew somebody and restore someone and 
and encourage somebody's faith in their journey and walking with God. I, I come believing that God is able to heal someone that needs healing in this house. And that healing go, may go far beyond this, the physical and the flesh. It may have to do with the mind and the emotion. And I believe that God is able to heal the mind. The Bible said he's able to renew our mind or restore our mind. Amen. It doesn't matter how much the devil has tried to plague you with doubt and fear and place intimidation upon your mind. I've come preaching to you today that God is able to renew and restore your mind. You believe that today? Come on, if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands and give him praise here this morning. To have an encounter with God. I believe when I walked into this place that God is able to deliver, and I don't believe that that is just a segment of certain things that that God is confined only working in these areas and He cannot work in other areas. He cannot move in other situations, but they're too challenging or too difficult for Him or, or times have just getting, or gotten so hard and so complex and uh, even God cannot sort it all out. I'm telling you, God is still able to sort people's lives out. God is still able to turn people's lives completely around. I believe that God is able to still deliver people from whatever they're addicted to. I said God is still able to deliver people from whatever they're addicted to. Amen. And then there's so many things that people uh, get hooked up to and, and uh, that takes control of their lives and they are addicted to. And they love those things more than they love anything else. Uh, they, they love their drugs. They love pornography. They love uh, promiscuous lifestyle more than they love serving God. Or they even love their own family members, the ones that are closest to them, that love them the most. Uh, that addiction has caused them to love those things uh, more than they love anything else. Well, Paul talked about it being addicted to the ministry of the church. In other words, he was addicted to serving God. He was addicted to doing the work of God. And when you're really addicted to serving God, you love this more than you love the things of the world. You love this more than you love the sin that is out there. You love this more than you love men's approval. You love this more than you love running with the crowd. Amen. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? That you fell in love with Jesus. You got a hold of this great experience of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe that church ought to be and should be. And it's a shame when it isn't an encounter with God. The second reason I come to the house of God is I want to be affected. Amen. If it doesn't challenge me, if it doesn't stir me, then I don't feel like I've been to church. If it doesn't quicken things within me, then I don't feel like uh, that it is uh, what I need or all that I need. Uh, the preacher said in chapter 8 and verse 10 of Ecclesiastes, And so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. In other words, there were people that were coming and going from church, the place of the holy, and they died wicked. In other words, uh, uh, someone came and went from the house of God, 
and they were not affected by it. They were not changed by it. You need to shake yourself. You need to realize that if I'm going to be saved, I've got to be affected by what happens at church. And that's not somebody else's responsibility. That's your responsibility. That's not somebody else's. Uh, the onus is not on them. The, the, the weight and the burden of that is not entirely upon them. A preacher has to pray and has to get direction from God and has to bring the Word of God and has to be faithful in his example before the church. But I'm going to tell you somewhere, it comes a saint's responsibility that said that's right and I'm going to adhere to it. I'm going to hook my wagon to it. I'm going to make it a part of my life. I'm going to submit to the Word of God. I'm going to be obedient to the Word of God because I want to be saved. And those are words that can save me and save my household. Come on, let's give a hand clap of praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I made up my mind a long time ago that I'm coming to church and it doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter who's singing. It doesn't matter who's playing the music musical instruments it doesn't have to be my favorite I uh, my favorite God is at church and that's why I come to the house of God is to give him praise and to give him worship and to give him adoration come on I hope you didn't come to sit on your hands this morning not after all God has done for you and filling you with the Holy Ghost and giving you an opportunity and blessing your life as he has amen he deserves all of my glory and all of my praise and he deserves me to lift my hands and he deserves me to clap them by time. He deserves me to lift my voice. He deserves me to say amen to his word. Amen. If it's right, we ought to say that it's right. We ought to stand for what is right. I want to be affected by church. Amen. Some people become cold and they become indifferent and and church doesn't affect them like it should. It doesn't stir them up. The Word of God doesn't stir them up like it should. The Spirit of God moving in a place where they, they can get to the place that they just kind of shrug it off and it doesn't mean so much. I'm going to tell you there's something sacred about the Spirit of God moving. Come on, we didn't come to a pep rally here today. We didn't come into this place just to be encouraged so we can make it another day. We come to this house is because there's work words of eternal life that can be found here. Oh, because there's anointing, there's a presence of God that is in this sanctuary tonight, uh, this morning, and we need to hear the Word of God, and we need to be strengthened and directed, and we need the Word of God to challenge us and correct us, and we need the Word of God to give us, uh, amen, navigation in this world uh, that is so, so overwhelmed with, with so many things that are distracting to the saint of God. Help us to realize that I need to hear the Word of God today. Because it's words that will save me and my household. Third reason I come to the house of God is I go to church to hear mainly the word that will save me. So many times we come and go and cannot remember what we've even received or what we've even heard or what was even preached. Amen. The Old Testament patriarchs, they would at the end of their lives or special occasions, they would gather together all their children and their grandchildren and they would speak words. And we find this in the end of Jacob's life as he is speaking uh, to the sons of Joseph 
and to Joseph himself. We find this at the end uh, of the life uh, uh, of other patriarchs and the word of God. Over and over again, they would gather them together and they would speak words to them. Isaac did this with his sons and on and on and on. Uh, these words would determine destinies. These, these words would set in motion irreversible direction in their life. Solomon made the statement, the preacher sought to find acceptable words. And that which was written upright, even words of truth. That the words of the wise are goads. And as nails fastened by the masters of assembly which are given from one shepherd. And when I read that this morning again, it, it just reminded me of the power of the word of God. The words of the wise are as goads and of nails, and as of nails fastened by the masters of assembly. I thought sometimes the anointed preaching of the word of God comes sometimes to us like a goad. And, and it prods us on. It, it comes sharp. And, and, and sometimes we don't exactly find it comforting. And we don't, we don't necessarily like it with our flesh or where our flesh is concerned. But, but sometimes it has to pierce. And it sometimes has to, has to direct us in a certain way. And it has to be brought to us in a, in a way that we understand clearly what's going on. And, and uh, we, we get direction from that. And we're pushed in a certain direction. Sometimes a pastor gets up and talks about prayer and he can't do it cavalierly. He can't, he can't just do it casually, but sometimes a, a preacher has to talk about it and, and make it emphatic and talk about, hey folks, uh, it's time to shake ourselves a little bit. It's time to come to prayer meeting. It's time to get involved in prayer. It's time to get a hold of God. Sometimes when he talks about uh, uh, things of living for God and Christian disciplines, he has to, he has to preach in certain ways uh, that we understand clearly. It's like a goad to us and we understand that he's trying to speak to us and he's trying to get a hold of us and he's trying to quicken something within us because if I receive that, it'll get me going in the right direction because every preacher wants to see everyone that he preaches to saved. He wants to see them helped. He wants to see them blessed. I want to see my family saved. I want to see this church family saved. I want to see everybody that I have the opportunity from here on out to preach to. I want to see them saved. That's why I got in this business of preaching is because I want to see people saved. I don't enjoy using the goat, but if it takes that to get people where they need to go, so be it. But the Word of God, we got to receive it, folks. we got to take it in our heart and realize that's what it's going to take for me to make it. Thank God the Word of God is not always a sharp object that it always just comes and pierces, but sometimes, as the writer said here, it's like a nail. Isaiah talked about it. I think it was Isaiah that talked about it being a nail in a sure place. Amen. And uh, so uh, it's like a nail that fastens uh, like the masters of assembly when they're putting things together and building things. They, they nail these things together, the writer said. And I remember my grandfather was quite a builder, and he would build things. It was all time building things. And I noticed he would build little uh, jigs and different things to make 
cuts with. And when he did it, if he didn't want it to move, then he would clench it off on the backside. He would run a long nail through there, and then on the backside he would he would clench it off, or he would bend it over. You know, that's what we need to do with this truth. That's what we need to do with this lifestyle that we live. That's what we need to do when it comes to serving God, when it comes to Christian discipline. That's what we need to do when it comes to the Word of God. Don't let anybody change your mind about it. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Come on, if you've lived this long serving God and living for God, it'd be a shame to let it be pulled out now. It'd be a shame to get away from it at this point. Amen. Nail that nail deep. Drive it deep into your heart and let it be clenched off on the backside. Amen. So that it can never be removed from your heart. That's what the Word of God should be to us. Somebody wonders why you keep on preaching oneness of God. Why do you keep on preaching Acts 2.38? Why are you always reminding us that we got to live holy? Why are you always talking about all of these things? Why are you always talking about proud? Telling you, I'm trying to drive this nail deep because the Word of God, amen, is like a nail that fastens. Oh, yes. Come on, let's give some praise to Him. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and give him some real praise here this morning. I feel like something's breaking up in this place this morning. I feel like the Holy Ghost is moving in this house this morning. First Samuel, it, it paints a very dismal picture of what the world was like. Eli had drifted away. And basically backslidden. He was living off of the good of the church. But he had no burden for him. He had no desire to really help anybody. And he was concerned. And his sons were worse than that. And uh, the Bible says this. It makes this remark. It says that the word of God was precious at that time. What does that mean? That means that there was so little of it. The reason why we, we talk about precious metals is because there's so little of it. There's so little gold in the world. That's what makes it precious. There's so little silver in the world. That's what makes it precious. Uh, we talk about precious stones. That's, that's, that's stones that there's precious little of them. The Word of God was precious because there was such little of it. And that that was being spoken and the Word of God that was coming to those people, they were not receiving it. They were not hearing it. They were not listening to it. They were not adhering to it. And it was a very dark day. But there came along a young man by the name of Samuel. His mother, you know the story, prayed for him and said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll dedicate him to you. And so when he was 12 years old, she, she went through with that vow and that covenant. She brought him and gave him to the house of God, to the service of the work of the Lord. And in First uh, Samuel chapter number 3 and verse 19, it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And he did let none of his words fall to the ground. He said, God, these others, uh, they may not they may not hold it sacred. It may not mean anything to them. They may come to church and flip through their phones and, and be on Facebook. And they may come to church and, and be concerned with their iPads. And they may come to church and doodle on a piece of paper. But when I come to the house of God, I come to tune in. I come to get a hold of something. I come to receive something. I come for the Word of God to speak to me. I come for the Word of God. He better get a hold of me. 
I got to be changed. I got to be affected. I can't just let it fall to the ground. I can't let those anointed words that you're speaking, amen, just fall to the ground. Those are words that will save me. Those are words that will help me. Those are words that encourage me. They'll keep my faith up. Amen. They'll keep my hope alive. They'll keep me desiring the right things. I need the Word of God. It'll save me and my house. Come on, let's give a hand clap of praise to the Lord. Sometimes we hear messages that will save us some pain, that would save us a lot of heartache, that would save us some despair and trouble in life, and we let them fall to the ground. You can look at just about any backslider, and it's a long trail behind them of messages and sermon after sermon that they've allowed to fall to the ground. Uh, It wasn't that they didn't hear it. It was that it never became a part of them. They let it fall to the ground. They let it slip through their fingers. Amen. I heard him say it. I know what he was talking about. Oh, but I I just threw it aside. I, I didn't think it was for me. I didn't apply it to my life. I didn't think it really concerned my life and my lifestyle and what I wanted for my life. I'm going to tell you it doesn't matter if it's me or some 16-year-old evangelist that stands in this pulpit. If he's anointed from God, you better hear the word of the Lord. I said you better hear the word of the Lord when it's preached. Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 14 said, Let us hold fast. Get a hold of it. Hold fast our profession. He said another place, lest we let it slip. And what he was talking about there is he was talking about a boat that had been tied or a ship that had been tied to port and had gotten loose from its moorings and slipped out of the harbor. That's what he was talking about when he talked about letting it slip. And so easily it can happen. You can think you got it tied down, but if you don't use the proper knot and you don't do it just right, you don't have any experience with it. I remember my my uncle was a horseman, and and, uh, there was was a certain way to tie a horse. Isn't that right, Brother Lorman? And if you get one that's always pulling against a rope, you better have that rope tight, and you better have the right kind of knot. Now, you can put all kinds of knots and lace it up there just right, and it'll hold the horse, but you'll have a time getting it loose when you need to ride it. And so it's important that you know how to, to, to tie a knot that you can get loose when you need to ride the thing, but also will secure the thing until that time comes. I'm going to tell you, we have to tie things down in our lives. And we got to hold to the profession. When he was talking about profession, he wasn't talking about his job. He was talking about profession with the, the, the faith that he had proclaimed the, the, the commitment that he had made with his mouth, that profession that he had made. Amen. He said, we got to hold that fast. We can't let that go. You made commitments to God on an altar. You can't let it go. You made a decision at an altar that I'm going to serve God. I'm going to stay with this. I'm going to make heaven my home. Why don't you live and hold on and pro- proclaim over and over again. I made a profession. I'm going to hold fast to that profession. I'm not going to let it slip. I'm not going to let it go because I want to make heaven. Amen. If you believe it, why don't you wave your hand to him? Doubt can come and bombard you. And we see this a lot in this hour. 
And this is nearly always the way. I just want to give you a little tip this morning. This is always the way that seems to start with somebody that is drifting towards backsliding as they start questioning things. I've had them come and say, well, I don't see what's wrong with a little social drinking. I don't see what's wrong with this and thus and so. And, and they, they start questioning it. Had those same people sadly come back years later and ask me to pray for them to deliver them from alcohol. I'm just telling you the facts, folks. The same ones that was asking and, and saying, can you prove to me through the scripture that I'm not to take one glass of wine? I said, I think I can do that. But I can tell you you're questioning and your attitude about it is wrong, and it probably won't help, me, help you much, me giving you the correct answer, because that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for a loophole. You're looking for a way around. You're starting to question things that you shouldn't question. You're starting to question things that's forever settled in this book. Come on, don't do that. Don't do that, because as I read just a few weeks ago, the Bible tells me, for it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, tasted of the world to come, the powers of the world to come. I'm going to tell you, once you disembrace truth, you can't be saved. I'm not saying you can't repent, but as long as you're, you disembrace, disembrace truth and, and you disavow truth, you'll never be saved with that kind of an attitude. And that kind, Come on, you need to have an attitude when you come to the house of God, I'm soaking it up. I'm not trying to find something wrong with it. I'm not trying to debate it. Come on, I'm not trying to, to pick at it. Oh, I'm not trying to do any of those kind of things. I'm trying to be saved. So preach to me because I want to be saved. Those are the words that'll Say me and my household. Come on, let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Hold fast the Word of God. And when you get to church, that's that's the time to tune in. It's time to get focused. Because those are words of life and blessing and direction. There's so many distractions. Preachers 20 years ago, even when I began pastoring, they didn't have to deal with all the distractions they deal with today. There was no social media. There was no, somebody said, well, I got Facebook. No, you got two-faced book. Amen. You got a Facebook life and you got a, and you got another life some way. And I don't know how you balance the two. But it looks like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde to me. Come on, does that offend anybody? If it offends you, you need to straighten it up. You need to clean it up. Or find some place that doesn't care how you live. Doesn't care and will not tell you. Doesn't care enough to tell you. Doesn't love you enough to get in your face about it. I'm going to tell you, but it didn't make it right just because you bow up. It didn't make it right just because you rebel against it. It didn't make it right just because you don't like it. Amen. Just because you say, well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm able to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, you're able to do whatever you want to do. But if you want to be saved, you won't be able to do everything you want to do. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to hear the Word of God and respond according to the Word of God.
praise God. iPhones and iPads and, you know, and I'm not preaching against any of those things. But I am saying there is a kind of a, it ain't a wonder they called it the iPhone and the iPad. It's I, it's I. And that's our biggest problem is I. It's not somebody else, it's you. It's me. Hey man, I got a full-time job keeping me straightened out. I got a full-time job keeping me crucified. I got a full-time job keeping me, amen, obedient to the Spirit of God. Sometimes we use that iPad, iPhone to straighten everybody else out. Besides taking care of I. Amen. Use that iPhone to take care of I. You better put some blocks. You better put some, some guardrails on that I stuff. Amen. That's a wicked web that is out there that will enclose your life and destroy your life. Come on. Is this all right? I've been, hearing, I've been hearing that some people wanted me to preach against sin a little bit more clear, so I, I'm getting it out there. I want you to know I could preach against it if that's what you want me to do. I could sure enough preach against sin because there's plenty of it in this world to preach against. Amen. In fact, if you got something to say about my preaching, won't you come tell me? Don't tell three or four other people. Amen. Oh, yeah. We need to be shaken. We need to be stirred up from the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's going to save us because there's so many things we can get slogged down in. We've got to be purposeful about this. Come to church with a purpose in mind. Hey, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the job in the truck and in the car, and I'm coming to the house of God. I gotta get in tune with God. I gotta hear from God. I gotta receive something from God. I need a message. Come on, is anybody that needs a message? There's people that are dying for hope. There's people that are dying for strength. Amen. There's people that are dying. Amen. To receive fresh direction in their life. Amen. When they come to the house of God, I don't want to be a distraction. I want to leave every distraction aside and somewhere else and come to the house of God to get a hold. Of the things of God. Amen. Exxon Valdez, they had that oil spill several years ago up in Alaska. And uh, it was a tragic thing. Oil was, I think, 18 inches deep in the sand. I mean, it had soaked down through the sand 18 inches. And, and it was 12, 14 inches on the surface of the ocean, on the water. And they didn't know really how they was going to possibly clean it up. And uh, they got to noticing that fish and, and, and animals that lived there in the sea, they were getting gunked up in that. And then they would float down to the bottom and they would descend down to the bottom and they would die and perish. Even large eagles that would come and, and were used to using those waters to, to prey upon fish and different animals. And they would come and they would swoop down and they'd get gunked up in that oil and it would get on their feathers. And they lost their ability to navigate. And they lost their ability to fly. And they would fly into the sides of mountains and into rocks because their feathers were all gunked up with this oil. I'm going to tell you, 
That's the way sin does people. That's the way carnality can do a person. And, and we're living in a world that is filled with sludge and sin. And we've got to have the washing, the Bible said, of the Word. The Word of God to come to us and cleanse us. And, and that's, that's when you need somebody to help you navigate. That's when you need somebody to help you. Come on now. Oh, don't, don't, don't deviate. Don't go off in that way. Come on, hear the warning. Amen. The, the preacher, amen, is trying to warn you, trying to talk to you, trying to tell you, oh, it's not too late. You could be saved. You could be right. I need somebody to direct me. The Word of God is not meant to entertain me, but it's it's meant to direct me. It's meant to encourage me. And at times convict me. And at other times strengthen my faith. But it will always be what I need if I could hear the word of God. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You know, we, we, we get to look at this as an entertainment type thing. And that's not what it's meant to be because so much in this world is all about entertainment. Give me, give me, give me better illustrations. Give me, you know, paint the picture for me. And, and, and you fall into this trap, I believe, of, of trying to use, uh, and I'm not against using objects and, and everything to get the message across that we possibly can. I'm not against that. But I'm going to tell you that shouldn't be the main thing. Our hearts should be enough attuned to the Word of God that we can we can connect with that. And we can get something out of that. Uh, amen. That the, the preacher doesn't have to have a slideshow every time he comes and preaches uh, for us to be interested in it. The preacher doesn't have to have a whole stage set every time he comes to preach from the Word of God for us to be able to connect with it. But some way God help us uh, to be able to connect with the Word of God. I'm not against any of those things. I'm just telling you, somewhere along the way, you got to have a love. you got to have a love for the Word of God. you got to have a desire for the Word of God in your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 12 and 13. Moses is reaching the end of his days. He's reaching the end of his life. This is just before the people would follow Joshua into the promised land. These are the last chapters of the book of Deuteronomy and in chapter 12 of verse of chapter chapter 31 and in verse 12 it says gather the people together men and women and children and thy stranger that is within thy gates that they may hear and that they may learn and the fear of the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whether you go after Jordan to possess it. As long as you live in the land, if you can get a hold of these words, if you can get a hold of these words that I'm going to speak, he said, if you can get a hold of the Word of God, it'll sustain you, it'll keep you, it'll protect you, you'll have a blessed life, you'll prosper in that land. Amen. That's what you need. That's what you need. you got to hear the Word of God and heed the Word of God because these are words that will save you in your house. Because there's a lot of currents out there. A lot of currents out there. You know, wind has currents in it. It flows and different direction and uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14 it says that ye henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cutting and cunning craftiness 
whereby they lie and wait to deceive. I'm going to tell you, there's a world out there. There's false doctrine out there. There's people that, that believe partial truths that sound so good that are out there that are lying in wait, the Bible says, to deceive, to deceive. Say, so, well, that you know, we've kind of got a newer revelation. That is not as important as it used to be. That doesn't matter as much as it used to. I wouldn't go to seed on that anymore. Jesus told Simon Peter, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. You know what sifting is? I watched him over in, overseas and, 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 and out in the bush there in the countryside as they, were, they would take that wheat that they'd gathered up by hand, brought it in there by wagon, and they had a flat rock that they got up on, and they would take a pitchfork object, and they would throw that wheat in the air, and they would do it over and over again, and the wind would take away the chaff, and the unwanted and the refuse, and it would remove it and separate it. And the weighty things, the grain would come down back up on the rock, and they'd sweep that up, and they'd put it in a bag, and then they'd do the process all over again. He said, I want you to realize something, Simon Peter. There's a spirit in this world that wants to sift you. It wants to get you blown off of, off of what's right. It wants to blow you away and destroy you and get you off in something that, that isn't what it really, it's not correct. It's, it's not going to save you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to get you off track. I, I'm going to tell you there's a spirit in the current in this world that is trying to get people off track and off target. I had a friend of mine that was a Marine, and, and he served over in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he was, uh, I guess for lack of better terminology, he was a paratrooper, but he was the leader of his platoon, and he was the one that had the chart, and they had a landing zone, and they had to come down at precision into that landing zone because this was a vast desert, no population much in the area, just enemy uh, territory that was there. And so if they didn't land where they were supposed to, then they would be lost in that desert and would perish in that desert and become a casualty. And he said, I can't tell you the pressure. He said, because we were not able to fly low because anti-aircraft guns would be firing at us and shoot us down, so we had to fly very high. And he said, what you may not realize is that there is different currents and different layers up there in the sky. He said, matter of fact, the wind may be blowing this way, high up at that altitude. And down here on earth, it's blowing an entirely different way. He said it may be blowing at one speed up here and then a few thousand feet down be blowing at an entirely different speed. He said so all of that had to be measured very carefully. It all had to be scaled out very carefully. And he said to get to the landing zone, to be able to be there when the truck come to pick you up, and, and to be rescued, then you had to, to, to know with precision and you had to factor it all in with precision and you had to jump at the right time and they all had to listen to those orders. They, they couldn't deviate from those orders. It wasn't a time for them to, uh, to, to have bravado and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to jump when I want to jump. I want to do what I want to do. That wasn't the time for that. But if you want to make it to the landing zone, you got to do what, what the, the master sergeant says. you got to do what the leader of the group that has figured this out has said. And, and this is the orders that are coming down. I'm going to tell you, 
said, the Word of God has given us precision of how to be saved and what it takes to be saved. It doesn't leave us no guesswork in here of what it's going to take to be right, what it's going to take to make heaven. I'm going to tell you when the trumpet sounds and there's the shout of an archangel and the church is caught out of this world, I don't want there to be any questions. I don't want there to be any deviations. I don't want there to be any guesswork involved. I want to be ready. I want to be right where I need to be. I want to be serving God with fervor. I want to have a heart that is red hot for the things of God. I don't want to be cooled off in my relationship with God. I don't want to be callous when it comes to the Spirit of God. I want to be praying. I want to be worshiping. I want to be faithful. I want to be exercising faith. I want to be believing God for big things. I want to be in the midst of revival. That's what it's going to take, church. Why don't you stand to your feet right now and let's lift up our hands. Musicians, would you come, please? Come on, let's reach out to the Lord right now. Let's reach out to the Lord. Come on, could you pray? Could you seek the face of God? Could you call on His name? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. A little bit more. Come on, we can do better than what we're doing right now. Let's get focused. Let's tune in to what God is doing. Oh, yes. Words that will save you and your house. Several years ago, there was an article in Reader's Digest about a lady that was training to become an, a pilot. She had only taken or was taking her second lesson and she was up with the instructor. And the instructor suddenly had a massive heart attack. And he passed away. And she realized she's up here. She knows very little about how to read the instruments or anything about what she's doing. Only her second lesson. And she starts crying out, screaming. And the man at the control tower heard her. And he came across and he, for a little while, he's trying to get her attention and finally got her attention. She said, I, I don't know anything about flying this plane. I, I, can't, I can't read the instruments. I don't know anything about it. I don't know even how I'm going to make it. I'm going to perish. I'm going to die. This thing's going to go down. And I'm going to go down with it. She said, there's no way that I can survive this. He said, ma'am, I'm telling you. If you'll follow my instructions. And if you'll do what I say, I'm going to give you the words to make it. I'm going to tell you exactly what it's going to take to get that plane down safely. And she, she was still frantic. And he said, ma'am. And he got stern with her. He said, this is not a time for us to argue and debate. It's not a time for us to have opinions about what could be. Let's do our best to get this plane safely on the ground. Now I want you to tell me, look up in this corner of the instrument panel, and I want you to tell me what it says. And she would read it back to him. He said, what you need to do is you need to pull up on that yoke. And then he'd say, well, how much does it say it is now? And 
she would tell him, he said, that's too much. You need to go down just a little bit. Point the nose down just a little bit more. And on and on and on, detail after detail. And finally, she was able to bring that plane after just in her second lesson, bring that plane to the ground and land it safely. Miracle. But it wasn't because she was depending on herself. It wasn't because she was relying on her own abilities. She, she realized, I need some help. I need some words. I need some instruction. I, I need someone to speak into my life. I need, I need. And when she got off that plane, the story goes that she ran and she embraced that man and thanked him profusely. That he didn't, he didn't just say, well, it's a lost cause. He didn't just give up. He didn't quit. But he kept on trying to get through to her. Come on, listen to me. This is what you need to do. This is how you'll do it. If you'll, if you'll follow these instructions, this is how you, you can land this thing. And you'll be safe. And you'll be saved. I want to tell you, that's just the way it is. The Word of God has. It has the words that can tell us what it's going to take. Maneuver by maneuver. Amen. Step by step. If we'll follow the Word of God. If we'll follow the Word of God, we can and we will be saved. We can have confidence that He will save us at the end. Come on, you don't have to live your life unsure all the time and condemned all the time. Come on, just get your nose in that book and say right here is the Word. If I'm following the Word, I have a promise. I have a promise that I can be saved. We got to be willing to hear. We got to be willing to listen. We got to be willing to apply. We got to be willing to do it. What did the book said? It said, don't just be a hearer only. Don't let it fall to the ground. Samuel, pick it up. Hear it. It's too precious to let go of. I'm going to tell you this message of truth is too precious to let go of. I'm going to tell you this one God holiness message is too precious to let go of. This love for the things of God and living for God is too precious for us to let go of. I wonder if there's anybody that wants to hold fast. I wonder if there's anybody that wants to get a fresh grip here this morning. Is there anybody that would come to this altar and say, God, help strengthen my grip. Help strengthen my grip. I feel myself slipping. I feel my Myself being tempted and pulled by the world. I feel myself, amen, being pushed by the currents of this old world to do something different and to deviate from the truth. But God, if you'll help me, I want to be saved. I want to be right. I want to do right. It's not, I didn't get in this thing to quit. I didn't get in this thing to back up or to sell out. But God, help me. Oh, to strengthen my grip here this morning come on let's pray let's seek the face of God earnestly earnestly come on everybody praying and seeking the face of God earnestly hallelujah 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 oh I praise your name I worship your name I give thanks unto your name